I'll tell you one thing. The best view in that event is that there is no you having the view of the event. Yeah. That there's an identification as what's happening, as if it's happening to you. There's a different, definitely, it's, it would provoke a lot of anxiety and fear. And if you felt it was your fear and anxiety, that would promote even more anxiety and fear. Yeah? But an event like that, if seen that it doesn't have anything concerning the you involved in it, it's allowed, it's allowed to take its course. Yeah? And then, as everything that shows up has to go sooner or later, it, but uh, it can leave a great impression on, on mind. So I know, um, I don't know how Sailor Bob presents it, yeah, no. but um, I always like to use the frame of recovery because that's where I'm from. And the whole idea of recovery, after people had experienced years and years and years of suffering from uh, a condition, it was finally in 1935, there was a solution that was offered to that condition of alcoholism, which to me is just an extreme subdivision of self-centeredness, yeah? It's just amped up a little more than, let's say, self-centeredness. You're extremely obsessed with the idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. And that, that idea of being a self represents tons and tons of meaning, yeah? And that meaning, anything you meet in life from that relationship of being the one who's meeting it just distributes tons of meaning that you take to be what you're seeing or what you're thinking or what you're hearing or what you're feeling yeah? and what you're tasting. It, it interprets the hell out of conscious contact yeah? because now the conscious contact is seen as it's your conscious contact yeah? and that your, that your just represents tons of meaning, yeah? tons of conditional meaning. And that distributes to that event, to that situation, meaning, and that's what the mind reacts to. It's not what's happening, but it's interpretation of what's happening. Yeah? And so there's almost like a replacement of life, because the, the initial point of engagement, which is conscious contact, is forgotten by the idea of being a self claiming the one as the one who's conscious. So now consciousness becomes like an act or an attribute I have to use and wield, yes? I'm the one who's conscious. Instead of just sensing the consciousness, there's, a, there's, there's an interpretation of that sense of consciousness as I'm the one who's conscious. Yeah? And if, there is, if I'm the one who's conscious in that belief system, that one that thinks is conscious can entertain being unconscious. And therefore, what is just so becomes this or that, yeah? And the this or that's going to be based on you, yeah? Yeah? So there's the consciousness, and yet when there's a, someone who's conscious, that consciousness becomes an attribute that someone has or a verb that it's doing, yeah? Like, I'm being aware. I am being aware. And if that, that's in place, that idea of I am being aware, the possibility it entertains is I cannot be aware. And in a sense, the I cannot be aware becomes the dominant belief. 
and then there's a drive to be aware. Just like there's people who, they have a sense that it's possible them, for them to be out of the moment, so they really have a drive to be in the moment, when in fact you can't be out of the moment. Yeah. So, but because there's a belief that they can be out of the moment, then there's a drive to become, to get into the moment. And it's the same thing in recovery where we say, you know, the relief comes from getting out of self, yeah? But the real relief comes realizing you could never have been in self, yeah? There's never a self you could be in because being in self is being identified as a self, yeah? That's what being in self is, yeah? Being in self is, become, is being identified as self. If there's no way to be in self, then the drive to get out of self is seen to be ludicrous or pointless, yeah? It's not seen to be by you, it's just seen to be. And therefore, now you're basically located where you seem to be in this manifestation, and in this place of this here and this now, there's a possibility yeah, that's not available in time. You're never going to have it. And in a sense, you never had it. But you are it right now. As soon as it gets put into time, it's about having it. Yeah. Or had it. It becomes a story. And so now it becomes something that you had once, which you lost, and now you hope to acquire it again. Yet in fact, all the while, that's being uh, approached or looked for. You, what's looking is what you're looking for. That what's looking, that... That seeing is what you're looking for. But now you're looking for it in a certain format, and in that format, that's a form, that's a form of blindness to it. Yeah? When, when, the think, when the thought system is dominant, and you're identified with the center of that thought system of self-centeredness, then what you're looking for is placed in time and placed outside of yourself, because there's already a self in place. Yeah? So how could I possibly be that if I'm already this? So that becomes something I want to get to make this, yeah? I want to get that to make this a little better. I feel like if I get this, it's going to be great, yes? Or if I get that, this will be great. But with that belief, there's a sense that you don't have that, yes? And so now this isn't great. In the hopes of it being great one day, the reality, the interpretive story is that it isn't great now. And what happens if you're in that sense of it isn't great now, the mind is going to be actively doing what? Seeking, yes? It's going to be seeking. It's going to be seeking to get out of where it thinks it is. But if you're not that which thinks it's in there, then that's actually the experience of getting out of it. It's just like the solution to an imaginary problem is to see that it's imaginary. That's all that's needed. Once there's a recognition of that, it's a timeless solution. It's not presented in time. It's not you enter a process to sort of uh, like secure that even more or do this or do that. It's a timeless solution. The timeless solution to a problem is that it's imaginary. Yeah? <laughs> because then there's absolutely nothing you need to apply to it. If, you apply, if the mind applies anything to the imaginary problem, what does that make it? A real problem in this, in this little dream, yes? And then once it becomes real, no matter how much you make it un, try to make it unreal by getting away from it, 
it just pulsates with, with a, a meaning-given reality. You know? But if it's an imaginary problem, the solution's like that, because there's absolutely nothing to do, just like with what's not happening. What's not happening, if there's a recognition that the whole thought system that's engaged in a, a, a mythical idea of next week, if you see that's not possible, really, if that it's actually not happening, though there's thoughts about it, yeah, there's a lot of thoughts going on, which are happening, yes? They're not your thoughts, but there are a lot of thoughts, and in those thoughts, they're sort of uh, producing a, like a conceptual little mental picture of next week, but you can't really taste it or see it or feel it or, t or touch it yeah, or smell it. It's brought to you by the thought system. And what's the solution to that? Therapy? The solution to that is it's not happening. If, the, if it, you see the immediacy of it? If it's not happening, what's, there's nothing else to do. And then you're left in that pause. And in that pause is that presence. Yeah? And that presence is sensed when the sense of space is available, not when it's filled up with tons of meaning. Yeah? Because the space and the presence is still there, but the attention of the conditional mind goes to the meaning. Yeah? All the meaning the mind's giving to this moment, which is never this moment. It's always there and then. Yeah, isn't it? It's like here... Like we were talking the other day, 70,000 thoughts a day go through one person's head. 70,000 thoughts a day. Like when I was painting houses, I didn't, I mean, for me to, to sort of navigate a day in my life to secure my basic instincts, maybe I needed like 30 thoughts, you know what I mean? Like, you know, don't put this oil paint on the latex, or some, some basic little <laughs> rules I needed to follow. Then there was a lot of freedom. Once, you know, like, okay, you got to go to the store. All right, thank you. It's a very good bulletin. So this is nothing to eat. I go to the store. But then it starts talking, you know. Then there's a lot of more thoughts about the store and that you should have got here earlier and whatever, whatever. All of that, what's that doing? Is it actually informing you and navigating you through this day? Or is it really doing its agenda, which is to reinforce the idea of being a self, yeah? 70,000 thoughts. Most people do not need 70,000 thoughts to navigate a day, yeah? Not at all. I mean, seriously. You could have, you could have 70,000 thoughts for a lifetime, but for one day? So obviously the thought system, yes? It, it acts as if it's the Greek oracle. It does all this thing. It presents itself with an incredible, an incredible amount of authority. But its real activity is to be the gluing agent to the mind being bonded to the idea of being a self. Yeah. Because it's an unnatural bond, yeah, it needs glue. And the glue has to be applied like every day. Because it's so obviously not so that there's got to be a lot of smoke screens going on. Yeah? So 70,000 thoughts is like a nice blizzard in the mental realm that keep your clarity a little blurred, yes? Because instead of just sensing the scene, you're, you're sensing what you're looking at, yeah? All these thoughts, all these thoughts, all these thoughts, and it produces like a self-centered loop, yeah? I see a thing from a thing, yeah? Everything I see all day, hundreds and hundreds of things are seen hundreds and 
tons of stuff is smelled, not smelled, but heard, but there's only seemingly one person who's hearing them, yeah? So everything I meet reinforces who's the one that's meeting it, yeah? It's like a, it's like a day in and day out trance. So obviously, if there was no time, there'd be no way the wool could be pulled over our eyes because they would just be seeing, yes? But because there's time, it can pull it over us. Because day after day after day after day after day after day, if you took like a possibility of ignorance, of ignoring something, and you put it into a time, like, a, like in the old, when they did the Inquisition, they blow the people on the racks and they just pull them. If you take this little possibility of forgetting your nature, or the nature, and then pull it into time, it could, it could really be a convincing little um, trick, yeah? Because it seems like day after day after day, I have this vague feeling of being what I assume to be Paul, yeah? Day after day after day after day after day. Yet every moment contradicts that whole story in time. Every moment, every moment is that invitation to freedom from what? The bondage to the idea of being a self. Every moment, just in its functionality, which is awareness, yeah? Just the awareness, just the contextual sense of awareness that everything is appearing in. Every second, every moment that I believe I'm looking, that's what's seen. Every moment. So every moment during a day when I'm looking, that's seen. And if the emphasis is on here and now, if you want to say here and now, if the emphasis is on here and now, there's an, there's an immunity to there and then. Yeah? So the mental moment, the, the mental, the, the mind claiming this manifest moment, yeah? that mental moment, it has an idea of a here, but that is not just here. And it has an idea of now, it's not there now. It's just a convergence of tons of ideas about there and then. Tons of conditional ideas about there and then that just cram into every second of your day. Every second of your day is an interpretation based on mythical time frames called the past and future. Every second of it. And yet we call that here. And for me, I think the addict, what he's trying to get out of the most is that here. It's just that we... We have mistaken because we think it's here. We think it's actually happening. Yeah? But it's only happening in the mental realm. But it's very difficult to break from that if you are a projection of the mental realm, the sense of being a self. If, you, if the sense of being a self, you're totally engaged in that movie, totally engaged in a movie. Actually, you're the fuel of that movie. It doesn't, why is, why is it that an illusion fools some people but doesn't fool everyone? It's not the quality of the illusion, obviously. It's the quality of the people. Yes? If a person sort of is clear, in a way, they'll see through something that someone else may not see through. So it's not, oh, that's the greatest illusion. There's no object called illusion 
It's just a mental, mental game, in a way, yeah? And when there's a feeling of you being in it, the you is what's producing the feeling of being in it, not the being in it. The being in it is just happening, but it's the you that feels like it's in it. That's giving it all the meaning. The you is distributing a huge amount of meaning about being in it. <laughs> the last place I want to be in is right now. <laughs> and then, and then, see, it's incredible because the mind, you know, the conditional mind takes it to be, oh yeah, because everything out here is a real and solid thing. So being in it, the it is real, and there's wanting of to get out of it, yeah. But the meaning that it has is distributed by the you, yeah. It has no meaning in and of itself. It's just happening. But how it's seen is what gives it meaning. So if I see it as happening to me, it has a whole different meaning. Yeah? A huge different meaning. If you see it as life is happening, life is happening. Yeah? Life's happening to me, oh, geez. <coughs> then you have opinions why it shouldn't be happening to you like this. Why, it's, why is it happening to them? I've done a lot more work than they have. I meditated a long time. Why is he getting the fucking breaks? Sorry. Why is he getting the breaks? Yeah. As soon as, but when this life is happening, it's happening. There's just a seeing of what's happening. But when life's happening to me, that seeing is now looking. Now you're looking. It's called a form of blindness. You're looking from self-centeredness, and that self-centeredness claims seeing and turns it into a form of looking to distribute what meaning to things. Yeah? Without the seeing, there'd be no distribution of the illusion. Yeah? There'd be no there'd be no making the veil. There'd be none of that. Yeah? It's the it's the identification as a self, a long-lasting independent separate entity, is from there, that's like the bridge to tons of meaning that that idea of self represents, and then whatever it comes in contact with which is, it, that's the narration of contact. The narration of contact is whatever I have come in contact with. There was contact way before that shows up, yeah? There's the contact, and then the narration is whatever I become in contact with. Well, whatever I become in contact with, that I gives it the meaning, and that I ain't I, it's self. It's not self, it's not a thing, it represents selfing. It re represents a mental process. And that mind mental process gives meaning to things. Yeah? And then those meanings are taken to be the real thing. And because, first of all, there is no thing that's real, but then we make it a real thing. By what? The meaning. And the meaning can take any object. If you took an alcoholic mind and dropped it in heaven, it can make it hell in a day. It doesn't matter. You could give it paradise and it would it would give it so much meaning, it would change the whole event of paradise. <laughs> oh, this is a freaking drag. I've seen it. I've seen people get a $250,000 uh, inheritance, and they came over to me, and they had a whole new batch of worries. I don't want to tell everyone who knows me. I think they'll treat me differently. And I said, give me a freaking break. I said, kick down. Give me $25,000. i will take it off your hands. Jesus Christ, she just got a nice gift. And he's... he's you know what I mean? The self enclaves it and its tentacles just go all over it. 
dirty money. I shouldn't deserve this. I, what? <laughs> it's just insane. Yeah? You, you strive so much, seemingly, to be happy, joyous, and free, but the mind that's driving you has no intention of that. None whatsoever. It's like whipping you, whipping you, and you're like a very like a enthusiastic horse. Yeah? But every time you get there, you don't even eat the hay. Yeah? It's the driving. It's the seeking. The seeking, the seeking, which what? Implies a seeker. Yeah? When, when the conditional mind sees a verb, it, it implies a noun. It has to find a noun in it. So seeking, and especially the mind, if you're a certain like, uh, aspect of mind, seeking spirituality is given such a noble meaning. I mean, it's, it's so much more important for me to meditate than wash the dishes. I mean, seriously. I shouldn't get someone to wash the dishes, but I've got a very important journey in this life. I've got a noble calling to purify myself. It's unbelievable how much meaning is given to it, yes? And all the while, all the seeking, the whole thing, it's already found what it wanted, which is the seeker. <laughs> it doesn't want to find anything else. It immediately, the system has, has succeeded. Just, there's a feeling of being a seeker? Okay, let's buy the whites and get into it and let's invest more time into it. Maybe I'll even get a position and stuff like that. Yeah. It's paying off. So it's the seeking, the seeking, the seeking. Even when the mind, the conditional mind, maybe entertains the idea, oh yes, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've learned from holy men and women that seeking no good. So now it's non-seeking, which is just another form of seeking. Yeah, I'm now non-seeking. <laughs> Let me see. Let me read the books. How do I do non-seeking? I just lay around the couch all day, watch freaking TV, who knows, throw the whites, you know, feel dirty and everything. What do I do? You know? What do I do? Exactly. I tell you, remember I told you that guy I read a four page dissertation of non doership, which was beautiful. This is a long, long time ago. And uh, and it was one of those books that's just a transcription of talks, yeah? So after four pages of this person giving a really nice uh, description of it, the, uh, the, the next paragraph is student, and then the student says, okay, okay, I get it, now what do I do? <laughs> this is like the fail-safe mechanism of selfing. When you think you're out getting out of it, that's another form of being in it. Self can't get out of self. Yeah? Self is never going to realize it's not a self. <coughs> it already knows it's not a self. Yeah? That's why you have that low anxiety and fear, because the mental process is an imposter, and it's very aware that it's an imposter. You know, in the beginning, people talk about, who am I? Well, the mental process asked that question a long time ago, when we were little kids, and it answered it, me. <laughs> so it claimed this little flagpole and put out its flag and unfurled it, and it's been, and it's just, the mental winds have just been blowing in ever since, Yeah. <laughs> so here, seeking, see, self's going to get out of self, going to get out of self, going to, it doesn't matter how many times you go, the self is like the, uh, is the, is the fence post, yeah? 
Whenever, wherever self is, that's the fence post. That's the content. It's never going to leave the content and, and then enter the context, like an experience or anything, that it's going to have as a product of the content. Yeah? It can't leave the system that made it or is, or is making it. It can't leave the mental process that's making it. It can't leave there. It can't transcend it because there's no, it, it can't, doesn't have any existence. It's an appearance. So self can never get out of self. So it always keeps hitting its, it finally says, I found the authentic self. But that's just another fence post in the context, the content. Yeah? It's never going to be outside looking over the barbed wire into the content. It's never. It can't. It's, it's a product of the content. <laughs> so, you know, maybe you'll need to go through 800 uh, samples of that, or maybe just one will do. Yeah? Who knows? But what you want to do is, the mind is, is pregnant. Well, the, with the ability to entertain is incredible, mind. Yeah? It just here, in this little modality we seem to be hearing it, it needs, it needs uh, the possibility. Like a lot of people who are in that engagement of self, they can't, it doesn't seem to be able to get out because they're busy trying to get out, yes? So maybe they hear a message from outside themselves and then that possibility goes into this fertile ground of mind, I mean spacious mind, and then that mind goes, hey, I may not be that. And as soon as it says I may not be that, whatever that is, yes? And that isn't a thing, it's just thatting in a sense. If I may not be that, then immediately it entertains freedom. Immediately. Immediately. Timeless. I can be free from that. Why can I be free from that with absolutely no considerations and requirement? Because it doesn't exist, actually. Yeah? You're not being freed from anything. Listening from the conditional mind at the like spiritual level, I want to. This conditional mind that really wants an advantage. That's why it's. But it can't hear anything. And it reminds me of this. I was just say this really quickly. These guys went to the Far East in the 1890s, and you know they do those illusional things with the rope and the guy would climb up the rope and disappear. Well, they saw that. You know, climb the rope and disappear. But then they took movies of it. And all you saw was a guy holding a rope. Nothing else was happening. So when we're, when, once you see that, you can't be fooled again. But it seems like self does everything it can for us not to see. Yeah, but maybe actually the reality was the guy climbed up and disappeared off the rope. <laughs> maybe the interpretation was the picture saying that didn't happen. Well, the point was, the point <laughs> was if, you see, if you see beyond the, uh, whatever it is yeah. as an illusion, you can't be tricked again. So if, if you know well, you can't get out of Well, let's just say what you are has never been tricked. That's even better. Because if there's a you that can't be tricked again, it'll be tricked again. <laughs> yeah. As soon as the you or a sense of absoluteness comes over, like a conceptual absoluteness, it's going to... you're gonna, you're going to have experiences of the exact opposite of that conceptual absoluteness. Yeah? But if there's no one, yes, then there's a lot of space for it to be what it is. 
Yeah? As long as there's no claiming, as long as the thing is, there's nothing to do. You just see that there's no one to do anything. If there's a seeing of that, that's the immunity that you're looking for now. But you're looking for it as a someone or a something. Yeah? And in that, like a lot of people come to meetings and they, they're waiting to get it. Yeah? What they are, taking themselves to be, hasn't got it yet. And they're waiting to get it. And I'm telling you, you're not going to be there to enjoy it. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. The feeling of being Greg ain't going to be there when the absence of Greg becomes dominant. Yeah? <laughs> it's just not going to have it. Greg cannot entertain its own absence. <laughs> it's just the seeing that at Greg is inherently absent. That's it. Yeah, in a way. It's mine, unadorned with a, a name tag. Yes, it's just mine. See, yeah. You have to see. Well, look at the the, the main uh, mo of selfing is the claim. Yeah, that's what it does. Yeah, the mental process as it's in its activity, its its inherent Im immediate movement is the claim. So everything in this world changes when my is introduced, doesn't it? When you have an idea of money, and then you put the word my, and it becomes my money, it's changed, isn't it? You can see how much meaning is given to it through the my. My is like the act of identification. So there's a body, and now it's my body. That changes the whole, the whole enchilada about the body. Yeah. I mean, I had had probably billions, seemingly this system has had billions of thoughts about this body. It hasn't had billions of thoughts about that body. Yeah. In other words, I don't think about that body at all, most of the time, ever. But this, this body is thought quite a lot about. Why is that? Because they're both bodies. We're both yous. Yeah? In your seeing, I'm a you. And in this seeing, I'm, you're a you. But this you is called me. And then the me is, this is my body. That immediately opens the floodgates for what? A lot of mental concern, yes? A huge avalanche of mental concern. So you can see, you can see the diagnosis of the disease by the my. If you just take a word that has meaning here, my, just put my to it, weigh it, my money, very, it can be very, very heavy. Take the money, money, my money, money. And then you can see, all right, money. In San Francisco for a year, maybe a million dollars would produce a sense of security. Yeah? If you had a million dollars for the next year, you'd feel pretty secure. You know, splurge, have a latte here and there, you know, and enough money, everything can go. Okay, but let's just see you're in re there's a relationship with that money is my money, and the identification as my, there's a belief system there that you're never going to have enough money. A million dollars isn't going to produce what you would think. It's going to produce more anxiety because what happens if I drop down to $999,099.99? I don't have a million dollars anymore. Yes? The whole, why that whole, the whole possibility is introduced through the my. Yeah? The my is the bridge for that meaning to infuse or inject itself into the topic. Yes? So you believe, let's say you have concern about the body, but you don't know the conditioning of the concern of the mind about the body. 
you may be under the illusion that you're really thinking about the best for you, but you'll notice in, let's say, in the alcoholic life, it was my vested interest that was kicking the living hell out of me. <laughs> I mean, I could turn my life over to someone who I didn't know, not everyone in this room, but many of you. If I turned my life over to you, you'd do a better job with it than I ever would have done. Why is that? Because you don't have any vested interest in me. Yeah? But when the my is in place, I have a vested interest, and you may not be aware of all those vested interests. Your mind may have a peculiar desire to have a really screwed up situation occur. <laughs> you know what I mean? To be right about. Who knows? But if the mind gets dropped out, then money is seen as money. Life is happening is seen as life is happening. Yes? Thoughts are seen as thoughts, not my thoughts. Feelings as feelings, not my feelings. Yeah. The whole difference. One is like a, 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 a way of traveling called traveling heavy, and the other is a way of traveling called traveling lighter. Yeah. It's just seeing... It's, that's what it is. It's just seeing. And it can be found at every moment of looking because looking is just an interpretation of seeing. Yeah? It's just a form of blindness. The mental process claims the seeing and calls it, I'm looking. I'm the one who's looking. And there, what does that blind you to? Maybe it doesn't blind you to things. You see things. You see the thoughts. All this stuff's happening, but you don't see your nature. You don't sense your nature because what's implied is you're this nature. You're this. Yeah? I'm looking. I is what? A me. Not the subjectivity of I, but the me of interpretation. Yeah? Of mental interpretation. The I is what's happening. I am seeing. But the mental process says it's me. Yeah? It's me that's seeing. In that, that turns into a form of looking. And no matter how hard you look, you'll never find the seeing. Because it's right underneath the, at the process of looking. It is the process of looking. It's not the interpretation of looking. It's the process of looking. And when it hits you, it's a timeless hit. It's a timeless hit. That's what happens. You get a flavor of it because downloads will occur and pauses will occur. Yeah, A pause is like an eternal moment in this sense, in this little linear story of time. There's a feeling of anything's possible in there. Yeah, Because it's nothing. It's not there and then. It's just exactly the true quality of the moment. Empty. 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 Yeah? That emptiness has a huge, huge meaning. Not a meaning the mind gives it, but a huge meaning in a sense, yeah? If you want to call it presence or whatever, there's a sense. It's a, and that meaning isn't like a conceptual meaning. Yeah? When, when it downloads, information gets departed, but it's not conceptual. It's not like zeros and ones. It's a different kind of knowledge. It's prior, in a sense, to conceptual knowledge, yes? And it has, it has an ability to produce or just to initiate a convincing that doesn't have the opposite side of the coin of being unconvinced. Yeah? It produces a surrender that's surrendered. Not a surrender as an experience that I surrender and then I forget and then I get, take it back and then I surrender again. No, surrendered. 
something has become very obvious to minds, yeah? Whatever appears in it, just like the sky, no matter how many explosions happen in the sky, the sky doesn't get ripped open. Yeah? When it rains, the sky doesn't get wet. It just it rains and it gets an appearance gets wet. Just like this will get hurt if it hits this. Yeah? But what's what's happening? Am I hitting the space between this and this? Am I is the punch even if my intention is to punch the space, there'll be no impact until I hit another thing, until I hit another appearance. That's the engagement here of experience, yes? But the context of space or presence, which is not an experience, is nothingness. Or let's say, like sky-like mind. Empty. Empty. But not empty as a conceptual empty, meaning it's lacking something, but empty with an incredible fullness. Like presence, say some people call it presence, whatever. There's just... There's an intimation of its availability, but not by perception. You don't see it, hear it, feel it, taste it, or touch it. Yeah? You don't perceive it, but you sense it. Yeah? It gets intimated. And when it makes that when that impression occurs, then it seeks expression. And so your life may look like, at least in your experience of it, as an action figure, it will look like there's a lot more traveling lighter going on. Yeah? And because it hasn't been brought about by you, it can't be unbrought about by you. You have no role in it. You are totally irrelevant to it. That's why it can be everlasting and constant. And that's why the entertaining of it can be constant, because it's not you entertaining. If it was you entertaining, you'd get tired. Yeah? You'd have the ability to forget. Ooh, I forgot. Yeah? All these possibilities would seem real as soon as the you's introduced. Yeah? It would become a time-based solution. It would be a time-based state. And you'd be written into it somehow as having something to do with it. I swear, the mind will scribble you in there somehow and then all the attention will be on you. Even if it's like, I had the experience of everywhere, let's say, but none of the emphasis is on the everywhere, it's on me, the one who had the experience of everywhere. (laughs) Oh, fuck everywhere. Me, I had the experience of everywhere. That makes me even better than everywhere. (laughs) I just use the everywhere to be even a bigger me. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> watch, see it the last thing it, the, one of the things it dislikes the most the mental system is irrelevance it does not want to be found to be irrelevant Yeah, it wants to have some say in the matter that's why people they, they, are, they th- we think we're in the position of knowing God as if God is just a possibility that if we don't want to entertain it we'll never know it and, yes if God is supposedly representing all of that, that's just constantly, in, in, just constantly laying on all day, all day. You can't shrug it off. Yeah, it's not like it's going to be in a frequent moment when I rub shoulders with God. You're just jammed in like a you know Japanese train with him. You're so you're totally God in like all over. 
<laughs> and you're sitting there. It's like someone thinking, you know, they're submerged in the water and they're thinking, I'm dry. You know? Can't wait to have that experience of the beach. <laughs> they're in the water. You're totally wet. You cannot be more wet than you are, but the mind assumes it can be dry. And then it gives you a double wacko, and then it says, I want to be wet. <laughs> Which just creates an incredible arid desert of seeking. Yeah? <laughs> as soon as it presupposes the possibility I could be dry, it may initiate a drive to seek wetness, and in that wetness, seeking wetness, the, the imperative dryness will dominate every, every, every interpretive moment. Every interpretive moment. You'll be living as if you're dry. With the hopes of being wet. And maybe you even have a memory of ha being wet once. Which will even do... It. The mind will use that and fuel an incredible amount of judgment about every moment that it takes itself to be dry. You'll be persecuted. You'll be, you'll be condemned. You'll be sentenced. It's your, it's because of self-centeredness, you'll have to believe you caused the dryness. If the possibility that all is wet and you tend to believe you're dry, you have something to do with being dry. Yeah? Self-centeredness, no matter what happens, pertains it to itself. Just like when I was a kid, my father got really ill and uh, you know, he played baseball and everything with me and my family got together and told me and Dr. Jan Quinto came over and told me, hey, Dad, your dad's really ill. You know, he won't be able to play with you like he used to play with you and this and that. And I heard tons of this talks, and I listened, 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 listened. But in my little self-centered system, I thought I must have done something wrong to make my father not to want to play with me. That's how I saw it all. And there was no way I could see it any other way, yeah? Because self-centeredness was dominating, yeah? So no matter what was going on, somehow I had something to do with it. So if you read a book about, oh, it's the eternal oneness, or everyone is this and that, and yet you have a belief going on that you're not there, you better believe <laughs> there's something wrong with you, <laughs> and that's why you're not there. How can they have it, and I don't have it? Yeah. Well, let's see. Let me count the ways why I don't have it. And on and on. Yeah, you have to see mind, how it works, the selfing. It's just incredible. And all of it is just to keep engaged, yeah? To keep the attention and interest on the ball, which is you. Yeah? It doesn't matter what game it plays, football, baseball, softball, ping pong. Yes, it's all going to be about you, no matter what. Spirituality, cooperation, you know, ambitions, doesn't matter. It's all going to revolve around you, this idea of you. And all those thoughts and all the interpretations, from this point of view, you'll think, oh, these are driving me crazy, but it's the you that's the gravitational pull that's keeping them all in place. Yeah? If I'm not that, then they just, they move. And as they move apart, what becomes obvious is the space that they're <coughs> appearing in, yes? The space that they're appearing in. When all there's tons of meanings and tons of stuff, it's difficult to sense the content, the context. But when it gets spacious, then there's the, the intimation of the space. Yeah? It's sort of like a whisper. It informs, it informs mind of itself. Yeah? It informs mind of itself. It's like in Zen they would say, seeing your original face. You start seeing your original face. 
and then the reflection, the pale reflection, the pale abstraction you're taking yourself to be, the emphasis moves from there to the original face, which is empty and spacious, yeah? And then there's a seeing of this, but there's not an engagement as this, yeah? That this is very engaged, but there's an aspect of mind that's not engaged as it anymore. And I'll tell you, if you have a moment of like when you just before you die or something, like an accident, there is no way self is going to be in a meditative condition when that happens. <laughs> self is nowhere to be found. The selfing, when there's a shock, one of the things that stops is selfing, because it's a mental process. When it stops, <laughs> there isn't going to be, you know, you can prepare for 40 years in your life for that moment. And if it comes as a shock, there's no preparation. The, the whole narration of Paul gets shocked because it's a product of a mental process. If the brain gets hit hard enough, yes, it shuts down. And yet what continues, I would say, is what we are. funny thing is, now that this event happened, I've got to practice meditation in the sense <laughs> for my health. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's sort of fun, actually. Seeing is not of time, it's timeless. Yeah? You can't find the solutions, quote-unquote, in the problem. <coughs> and the timelessness of the seeing and the contextualness of the seeing is demonstrating itself every moment in what we call the form of looking. Yeah? And what we call here. silence for the first few years she used to come. Any, uh, any questions? No? <laughs> so I'm not leaving. That's my new advertising scheme to get people to come. I tell them not, I'm leaving and, I, and people show up so I just keep saying I'm going. <laughs>